Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Sports Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Rowan. I've got Robbie here beside me. How are you doing today, Robbie? We're doing great. Um, we're going to get into our NBA midseason report cards here. For sure. So it's kind of like some teams are going to want to be trying to like forge their mom's signature saying that they read it when they got home. Of course. Other kids are running home like, hey, give me some. No, I think nowadays it's all monetary. So it's like, give me that money. Oh, it's always been monetary. You promised me cell phone. Oh, I got three A's. That means I got $10 per A, but then I got a B. So that takes away five. And then I'm like, this turns into an algebra problem. And I truly am from an Asian household. Your parents took away five? Man. Oh, no. And I was bad. There was this whole time once where I got a couple Bs. I, no joke. I honestly thought I was the dumbest Indian kid for the longest time because I'm the one that's bringing home Bs and C pluses. So one time I thought I was smart because I had all A's. At the time, we literally got one page of paper that had all your grades. And for me, my lowest grade was at the bottom of the paper. So I literally cut my report card, nice. crumpled it up. But this is where I messed up. I like threw it outside instead of throwing it in the trash can because I was like, I'm not taking any chances. And then literally the next day, our neighbor knocks on our door. He's like, is your dad home? I'm like, yes. Why? He goes, I have something to show him. Had the B minus right there. And you got ratted out. By my neighbor. And I, I'm glad we moved. And I'm glad we became homeowners after that because apartment living is not for this boy. But I digress. Let's go, Robbie. Sorry for that. Tangent. No, it's so funny. It's like. You say you're, you're not a dumb Indian, you're just an, an Indian American. That's the American Indian. Yeah, this, I mean, Hassan's made it cool, but for about a 15 year period, there was a struggle for a lot of us. Man, we're dumb. I mean, Americans, yeah, we're. Uh, it's all right. But speaking of dumb, who's up first? Man, so we're going to go bond to top. Okay. We're going to go right from the worst to the best by conference, starting with the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So starting off the list, to no one's surprise. Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers, <laughs> Cavaliers at 14 and 40. Mm-hmm. That might be the only L they didn't suffer. That's the only one. What's I'm giving them an F, and I'll tell you why, but okay. what, what, what grade are you giving them? I am also leaning towards an F. Right? So they're still stuck with Kevin Love. Of course. That wasn't movable with his mm-hmm. four-year, $140 million contract. Of course. No one wanted to pay up 30 mil. Um Andre Drummond, you got him for nothing, which is cool. Yeah. Got him for nothing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't move the needle. I mean, at this point, it's too far to move the needle. <laughs> They're too far in the hole to move a needle. Absolutely. 
And you've got the third guy, Tristan Thompson. So when the whole league is trying to accumulate shooters and go small, our team is trying to accumulate rebounders because eventually you're going to miss shots. And that's where Cleveland is going to rise to fame. Uh, to me, it's been a cluster to say the least. The whole drafting of point guards in back-to-back years has been really interesting slash frustrating to watch. And it's also one of those things where I keep thinking that some amount of good luck has to still stay with this team because LeBron was there for so long and he brought this championship and he's exercised those demons. But they still look like they're playing caveman basketball or cavewoman basketball. Super Don't. duper bad. It's, I mean, so two of them are being paid. Tristan got a contract. Right. I mean, my whole thought was you're acquiring Andre Drummond because you're about to let Tristan Thompson go and become the buyout guy that I think the two LA teams would fight over because I think he is the one missing piece. Oh, yeah. And I think the Clippers need him a little bit more than the Lakers because you guys do have a depth at center that a lot of teams would kill for, but Cleveland is not one of them. So it'll be interesting. I don't think this is going to be a decade to remember for Cleveland. I think welcome to another decade of irrelevance, but... I will say this, as bleak as their future looks, the next team that we're going to talk about, I think their future is pretty bright, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm going to give them, I would say, a C. Even though they're the penultimate team in the Eastern Conference rankings, the foundation is there. What do you have to say about that? I'm giving them a D, Okay. and it's because these are based off of just, you know, October to now. So yes. what they've done, what have you done for me lately? Fair. And Trey out here killing it. I think he's putting up, you know, 29, well, putting up 29, 3, and 9. We could almost call it 30. Yeah, let's, let's round up. So we'll, we'll give him the 30. But um, John Collins getting hurt early didn't help. I love the Clint Capilla pickup because um, Trey's a really great playmaker. So Clint's going to be able to get all those you know, rim dives. Oh, absolutely. I think those rim drives kind of went away for Capella with Russell being there. And there's a whole lot of studies, so to speak, that show that how Russell Westbrook was ideally, or not ideally, probably the worst thing that's happened to Clint Capella as a basketball player. And I think it's negated some of the energy that Capella brought. But the thing that's most intriguing to me and kind of looking into the crystal ball is I've read a couple different rumblings about the fact that Atlanta really wants to pair Trey Young with LaMelo Ball. Or not LaMelo, I'm sorry. Is it LiAngelo who's the third? No, LaMelo's right. LaMelo's right. LiAngelo is the forgotten ball, the Cooper Manning of basketball, if you will. Yeah. And I think it'll be really interesting. Granted, I'm not a big Australian basketball fan, so I don't know that much about how the youngest ball is doing over there. But I do think Atlanta is a logically built team in the fact that they have a four and a five now. They've got a one. Herter can be their knockdown shooter. Now it's a question, does he come off the bench or not? Mm Mm-hmm. Their future intrigues me, and that's why I'm probably grading them a little bit higher than I should. Ideally, I should be giving them a D. But something about their future actually intrigues me, which is saying something because I'm not really a big Trey Young fan, but he's been getting his numbers this year. That's why I didn't give him an F because they are, for what it is, they're entertaining. But uh, the the products, I think, even still far. I I think they assume they get more than 15 wins at this point. I would think so. I don't think they're thinking 40. But I feel like 20 is a solid number yeah, for them. It would have been a little bit better. So you're telling me Trey Young is that kid in the classroom in the inner city where like they're all hoodlums and thugs, but he's the one that shows promise and he's like a gifted poet. And <laughs> you're like, come on, Trey, get out of here. Are you describing the plot of Dangerous Minds, yes. Blood and Blood, or not Blood and Blood Out, uh, Stand and Deliver? Basically, any situation where there is a ethnic high school where there's quote unquote wrongness, that's not true. Because all high schools are great and all children are great. What's that Sean um, Connery one? Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. My dad still quotes it to this day and he still decides to wear his socks inside out to last them one day longer. 
I think Finding Forrester might have been shot in New York. Yeah, because I was impressed by the fact that there was a basketball court on the top of a building with a cage around it. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yep. So that's probably, the movie came out in 2003. Yeah. That's probably the best the Knicks have been. (laughs) That's like a really weird, like. It's literally that and Eddie. (laughs) Every highlight from the Knicks outside of that one 2013 kind of run with Mello has been, oh, the movies and everything else. As next up at 13th is the 17 and 28 New York Knickerbockers. Robbie, I think you're being kind. It's 17 and 38. 17 and 38. Man, that's a typo in my notes. So. Are you Steve Stout? I mean, are you the new brand manager? Yes, let's talk about this. Steve Stout, my first thought was, bro, why'd you take this job? He goes <laughs> on to first take and it gets grilled by Max Kellerman. Grilled. And all he can say is, I know you're upset, Max. Well, yeah, the whole state of New York, city of New York, the whole, the Knicks, Brooklyn's cool, you know, Celtics are dope, but like New York Knicks, they run deep. That's like the whole coast there's somebody that the Knicks had on. Yeah, and I know this is a tired narrative and we promise we wouldn't lean on these too much. Basketball is a little bit more fun when New York is good. It really is. Right now, basketball is fun, but it's fun in a different way where we're just like, oh my God, this is the funniest clown car wreck I've ever seen. Every time we think it's done, yet another clown comes out of the car. They have no assets. No. I don't think anybody's coming in 2020. The only assets that they have are the facts that almost every player on that roster is on a one-year or two-year yep. deal. So they can just reshuffle the cards next year, but I don't know who they're reshuffling with. Um, maybe they'll get somebody. So you talked about buyout of Blake Griffin. Oh, pardon me. Tristan um, Thompson. Thompson. Yep. Maybe Blake Griffin at number 12 here. Oh, that's a very – yeah. Maybe was- Blake Griffin will get – I mean, the other thing is, uh, especially with the new leadership coming into New York, being Leon Rose and World Wide West is kind of tentative at this point. I'm not sure if he's in or he's not. The links to Joel Embiid are so out there and so strong that to me, that would be the most logical Nick pickup, especially without the fact that we kind of put a hit out on him on last week's episode. And a lot of the feedback we got was how cruel we were to Joel Embiid. Joel's fine. We're all fine. He's a grown-ass man. He made you play like it. Yeah, it would be cool. absolutely. He's built like one. He doesn't play like one. So, like I said, we will probably keep our 76er talk to a minimum because we kind of did a double-click down on them. But it is something. Now, speaking of things that are supposed to fly, and this is as awkward of a transition as you'll get from me, Charlotte Hornets up next. How are they doing in a post-Kemba world? They're doing poorly. I mean, they gave Terry Rozier too much money. Um, they're sitting at 18 and 36. I'm going to give him a C because Devontae Graham and Miles Bridges have been balling. Yes. Um, they need to get out of that Nicholas Platoon contract still. they Almost every trade deadline, they say, oh, maybe they'll be able to use that as you know a linchpin to make something happen. They'll uh, use that dead money. I was going to say, I keep wanting – this is never happens. never happens. I want to know how long this Platoon contract is because it feels like it's a decade long, even though he's been in the league less than a decade. Oh, no, sorry. He's been in the league for 11 years. Yeah, we've got one more year of it. So I think next year is going to be the year they where... They finally move it on the expiring contract. Exactly. Terry's giving you 17.8. And Has he been truly scary, though? No, he's not been scary, Terry. Um, didn't Terry bust his... No, that was um, somebody else who bust his leg, his leg clean open. The National Championship game? Oh, that was the gentleman from Louisville, Kevin something. Yeah. I yeah. Um, totally off topic. But that's kind of like what the Hornets have going on. They thought Rozier was going to be maybe not the answer. You don't think he's going to be the definitive answer, but he's going to be 
writing your name on the paper and the date and getting the you know, getting the test started. I was going to say this. He's going to be perfect for putting him right on the front of every single game program that the Charlotte Hornets put out this year. Because yes. to me, Malik Monk has kind of been, I wouldn't say a bust, but he's been he's a, a disappointment. He's, he's been a bust. Um, Michael Kill, Kid Gilchrist, they just cut Bio, him. Yeah, and Dallas is now recouping some of that. They have Cody Zeller after five, six, yeah. seven years, though. <laughs> Now, there should be a game where you literally put up various pictures of Zeller brothers or Plumlee brothers, and you have to figure out which family they belong to, because I think that would be a little bit harder. And which one it is. Exactly. Uh, no, I think the thing that kind of is their saving grace is the fact that Devontae Graham, who you'd mentioned earlier, has kind of evolved into this must-watch player as much as much wasp as somebody can be in Charlotte. But yeah, I they're kind of stuck in that NBA purgatory where I really don't want to pay them any attention, especially since Kemba left. They don't get any. And number 10 on our list doesn't get – so historically they get the attention, but recently they've been getting attention in all the wrong ways. It's the 19 and 36 Chicago Bulls. I'm going to give them an F just because the season's been a cluster. Yes. Cluster F. Let's cluster keep it a little F. more PG today. Um, Lori Marketing should have been putting up way more. He's 15-6 and um, – Last his career, no, last year he was seventeen and like eight. So he's he's digressed. Um, Zach Levine's prime time. I could watch him anytime. I find myself watching Bulls. I am always impressed by what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's empty. I think we talked about it last episode. He's like empty know, calorie guy, or empty calorie. But there's like Kevin Martin. Then there was Zach Levine. And there's like the Super Saiyan version of both them, which is James Harden. Of course. I think Super, yeah, I mean, Super Saiyan level three, Gotenks, Vegeta, or Gogeta, depending on who's your favorite version of the fusion. It's interesting to me because Chicago has a point guard that isn't a point guard because I don't think I've seen Kobe White pass the ball. And the most memorable thing he's had this year has been his whole befuddlement at the fact that one of his uh, teammates got drafted a hell of a lot earlier than anticipated. And he's got a little bit of Danny Brown in his laugh, which always makes me giggle. But what can we do? I think the most important thing we can say about Chicago is that's where all the all-stars are, weather permitting. And yeah, I don't see much of a future here. I think we've got another two to three years in the lottery. And if we want to look at it in an isolation of how this season has fared for them, I think it has been a disappointment. Another guy who's been kind of a disappointment has been Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. this year. I mean, True. I haven't heard any sort of thing about him. So like I said, we are kind of going through the dregs of the Eastern Conference, but it's one of these things that it just seems almost like an epidemic. Like nobody can kind of put push themselves out of this filth and become respectable. So speak, but I will say this the next team on our list, the 20 and 33 Washington wizards, who I'll give a B minus to there's things there. Now I think the question is because Bradley Beal signed that contract, he's there for the immediate future until he gets disgruntled and he's got this big salary associated with him. Do you anticipate seeing John wall at all this year? I think we might get him in a couple. So there's the Paul George theory. So when Paul George returned from his leg injury to the Pacers, they let him get five, six games in at the end of the season mm-hmm. just so he doesn't have to go into the next season thinking, I haven't played in a year. Right. So he technically has. So I'd like to see John Wall do that. I think the Wizards are like the Bulls, but just Bradley Beal's you know, leaps and bounds better than Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. But there's no asset outside of John Wall, which when he's healthy, John Wall is 100% an asset. He's an all-star level oh. player. Absolutely. But outside of that, you have like Thomas Bryant, you have all these Laker rejects and you have all these players that I knew their names about three hours ago, but they're so forgettable. I forgot. 
It's a very pedestrian. It's not a roster. No, it's not. You got it's, Bradley Beal putting up 29, and it's Michael Jackson and a whole bunch of Tito's. Yeah. A shout out. It was a rush hour. Yes. Lovely, lovely reference there. No, it's very much a skeleton man of a roster. And I know that there are people that are clamoring, well, what about Rui Hachimura? What about Thomas Sadoransky? Nice players, but it's one of those things that are they going to move a needle in terms of winning you a game in the playoffs? Because I don't even think they're capable of winning a series, let alone a game, maybe a quarter. Like maybe that's how we evaluate players going forward. Like, can you win a quarter for a team? Can you win a game for a team? Can you win a series for a team? And ultimately, can you win a championship for a team? Right now, I think Bradley Beal resides in the, he might be able to swing a playoff series your way, but that's going to be a big monumental ask from him. So that's what we have for all the non-playoff teams. Let's go ahead and get into the playoff teams. And up first, we go to the Magic Kingdom of Orlando. And they are 24 and 31. I would say also give them a B minus. Aaron Gordon, is he kind of just stuck out there? If Aaron Gordon does something cool, does it make a noise? Because it's in Orlando. <laughs> it's funny because you never see him on ESPN. But when you watch Orlando games, whenever you watch Orlando games, you think, man, that guy's top 10 worthy on half the stuff he does. He's basically Sean Marion without Steve Nash. Correct. But like, so unlike the Wizards, and I think the Wizards will catch the Magic for that really? eighth seed. Okay. Because the Magic and have Harry a Potter roster. Bowl, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he's so good. Um, marketing on that. Either team, whoever's hosting that game, if it's some kind of contention or a clinching game, please make that on merch. Bro, I, I just want the in and out of commercial with the Harry Potter theme of John Williams. But oh. All I see are a bunch of Hufflepuffs. I don't see a single Gryffindor. I don't see a single Slytherin. But anyway, sorry, I digress. No, you're good. It's just like the Magic have a full roster. They have a whole bunch of people they're paying. Like, yes. And you would think those pieces together, I think they've made two in a row playoff appearances. They definitely made it last year. Um, Might have been the year before, but – um, in fact, last year, they kind of had the ceremonial first game Toronto Blue that they should have won, if yes. I remember correctly. They won game one, and we were kind of thinking, oh, no, even Kawhi can't break Toronto. Their funk of, of uh, they crap the bed when they're not supposed to. And it's just like they're wrapped up in a lot of money. Fournier's making money. Um, uh, I'm think, I forget his name right now. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to go through the roster and – while we're going through that. He's an all-star, too, last year. Oh, Nikolai Vucevic. Vucevic, UCLA. No, USC. Oh, I didn't know he was that. Yeah, but, I mean, they're paying all these people, and it's just... But I will say this. um, Just in terms of strictly a sentimental play, it's been really reassuring to see Markel Fultz kind of look comfortable out there. Putting up 11, and 11's better than zero, and not being in the building. I mean... Right now, all I can see is Anthony Bennett at a table ordering one extra glass of wine because, once again, his spot is the biggest bust of the last 25 years has been secure. And I think Markel still has these moments of brilliance. I think he's fine, and I think Orlando is literally the best place for him because we're not going to pay attention to him. And if he has that great moment in the playoffs, I think it goes a long way in that redemption arc that we love seeing in players that have gotten in their own heads, let's say. He's really been in his own head. Oh, it's absurd. <laughs> Speaking of head cases, I mean this with love. Kyrie Irving's Brooklyn Nets at number seven with mm-hmm. a record of 25 and 38. Yep. Team house money. Is no, 25, um, 25 and 28. Uh, I've got them as 25 and 28. You're absolutely cool. right. I was worried I typoed it again. No, no, no. Um, I'm giving them a C because Kyrie's always hurt. This was a playoff team last year, and I think it's a big upgrade from D'Angelo to Kyrie, as of it course. should have been. Yep. Um, I mean, Kyrie, when he does play as elite as anybody, 
You know, he's putting up freaking 27 points. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't do that on accident. And he's mesmerizing. Oh, but. he he is magical. He is literally continuing this magical theme. He's like watching somebody play Quidditch in real life. The way he faints with the ball, the way he can just change his body, change a pace. I'm giving them an incomplete because unfortunately – they're playing with house money, like I alluded to earlier. Nothing really is going to happen that's going to be worth a damn from a Brooklyn Nets perspective. I think the thing that will be really interesting is the fact that they still kept Spencer Dinwiddie, which I think there is a lot of skill set redundancy. He's the MVP, though. I think he's the MVP of the team. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, he's the glue. It's, it's good when your glue guy gets you 21. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And they have a lovely roster in terms of young talent. Jared Allen, the last Very dragon good. with a fro, and then also Kerry Slavert. Which we were a little worried about last year, considering there was a pretty nasty injury that he endured. But I think he's still where he needs to be. And essentially, we're going to just kind of see this team. And do you expect them to win more than one game in the playoffs if they make the playoffs this year? If Kyrie's playing, yes. Yes. If Kyrie is not playing. So, I mean, as it stands right now, um, you know, they be playing the Raptors. I think they can get one on the Raptors. Yes. But not long term. Yep. I don't think number six is going to go. I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll get out of the first round. They're great. Uh-huh. Um, the Pacers at 32. We're now in the in the positive. We've broken the 500 barriers, what you're talking 32 about? 32 and 23, yeah. Hey. And I'm giving them an A+. Plus yes. Because when you're overachieving, it's it's a beautiful thing, especially when your star is not playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Oladipo has not back. even been an afterthought in this, the way that this team has rebounded. And I know something Robbie and I talked about off mic was the fact that what is Malcolm Brogdon doing in Indiana and how badly do you think he's missed in Milwaukee who are the best team in the league at this point? And it's just been really a revelation to watch Malcolm Brogdon because most people remember him as the guy that won rookie of the year that Joel Embiid was a rookie. And then because Joel didn't play the necessary games, a lot of people docked him for that. And Brogdon kind of almost got it as a, well, I guess you're here. Consolation. Yeah. And he is a professional basketball player in the truest sense of the word. And he is tough. He is hard-nosed. And I think he very much is the embodiment of what Nate McMillan used to be as a player, where he's just a professional, I'm going to go to point A, I'm going to go to point B, I'm going to pass the ball, I'm going to score. And he's just efficient as a player. He plays good defense. He has good length. He's an elite shooter. He's, I think he's close to the 90-50-40 club. Yeah. And he's putting up 16. So it, it's not going to break your TV screen, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to result in being positive and overachieving while Miles Turner is underachieved. Yep. And you have Debonis, you know. De- I like Debonis. That might be the new name for him. Just call him Debonis. Debonis Sabonis. That's what I'm, I, that's hey, literally. That is the I'm genius of on. my co-host right I was giving him a nickname. I was trying to give him a nickname. Because he's Debonis, man. He's like the bonus player. Listen, you didn't think you were going to get that. That's Debonis content that you can only get here at uh, Sneaker History Dash Sports or whatever our new team name is. Uh, and now I was going to say one last point. The next time somebody sends me a Malcolm Brogdon Vine or whatever the modern day equivalent is will be the first time going back to your point of he's just a very effective and efficient player. Yeah. It's probably going to be a very tasteful and efficient Vine. I feel like it's going to be a solid back cut into an empty layup where nobody's guarding him. Because no like, Yeah. Next up is America's favorite team, America's sweetheart, the Philadelphia 76ers. Anything we want to touch on this week that we kind of forgot to touch on last week? Every major sports show has been saying that you should split up yes. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I could not agree more. Mm-hmm. You can get so much and it's tough. You think you can get a lot for Joel Embiid, but 
at the end of the day, he's injury prone as hell. Yeah. So that does diminish his return value, but you're still going to get a, he's an, he's a top 10 player in the league. Still. We've already moved him to the Knicks over the course of this, pro- or at least I have. Yeah. I mean, so you can move him anywhere. It gets assets back and it's really let Ben Simmons start to flourish as the alpha. And maybe it's not an alpha personality, but he has an alpha type game. Oh, I think he does have that personality, but I do think it's been stunted because Embiid is there and Embiid has that quality of being a showman that we touched on last week. I will say this, just watching them, and this is just my own observation. I don't really have any scientific proof that I could back it up with. I feel like they need shooters. They don't have shooters. They So Tobias Harris was supposed to be more of a shooter. Um, the gentleman from Miami. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, James Johnson Jr.? Or no, no. No. Oh, my friend's going to kill me. He's a big Miami Heat fan. Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson. He was, I mean, and Josh Richardson wasn't supposed to come and be the savior. He's a very solid, above solid player. Mm-hmm. He's a definitive starter in this league. Just not giving you the shooting that you would need. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say Forkman might be their best uh, shooter. Forkman, yeah. Al, I mean, Al Horford can hit a three, but he played, that's the weirdest signing coming into the season. Oh, still. I think they just took him away because he was the one that would give Embiid the most fits in their uh, what is it subtraction by addition yeah, we'll pay you so we don't have to play you oh wow um that's the millennial dream so speaking again paid uh-huh. and millennial dreams living in south beach oh there we the, go the miami heat 35 and 19 sitting at fourth in the east mm-hmm. giving them an a they're my favorite p- team in the eastern conference they have been since lebron i love eric spolstra of course pat riley's the dawn of dawns and <laughs> I'm just really a big fan of rookie Kendrick Nunn, undrafted. Yeah, talk Fine. about him because this, I think, will be a coming out party for him this weekend because it's Chicago is where the All-Star weekend is. That's where Nunn is from. Talk about what makes him such appealing to you. Yeah. 15 points. He's a dog. Everybody was like, oh, he doesn't have that dog mentality or he's not enough of a dog. Kendrick Nunn's a dog. They got a litter of puppies between him and Hero and Robinson's been an effective All shooter. these puppies. And I think... We're Bam's fighting. still a puppy still. Bam is a puppy. And I think we're going to see Jimmy Butler affect a team positively with his attitude. He has been. Oh, absolutely. The, when he came to Miami, Jimmy Butler said, they let me be me. Yeah. Which is the heat mentality. He's intense. He's hardworking. Yes. He's about his business. There's no bullshit. Pat Riley doesn't bullshit. Pat no. Riley wants results or he wants you gone. He'll be professional about it, but so will Jimmy Butler. He's ruthless. But here's the real magic. Mm-hmm. So Nunn's giving you 15 as a starter, yep. and Dra- Gordon Dragic is giving you 16 off the bench. Mm-hmm. So you have 30 points at point guard, and you have somebody reliable, and you have two bona fide starters in the game at all times. That's Oh, priceless. absolutely. And I think that can only amplify the genius of Filipino Jackson, Eric Spolstra. Yeah. And it's one of those things where – he will always be able to make chicken salad regardless whatever's in front of him. Yeah. And one thing that I am intrigued by, but I'm not holding out much hope on is the Iguodala acquisition. And I think he's great as a back end player of your rotation, but I think if you're expecting him to, let's say, give you top six in terms of his contribution, I think that's where they might be slightly flawed. I was really upset that they didn't get the Gallo trade because I think Gallo would have been yet another shooter that would have been perfect for them. To me, it's going to be a really fun team to watch. They've got the best uniforms in the league with the Miami Vice stuff. And I just think with the recent goodwill and karma that Dwayne Wade has put out there in the world, things can't go wrong for this team. I'm looking forward to watching them play. And speaking of another young team that I'm actually looking forward to watch play, even though I'm very much in a Laker household, the Boston Celtics. 
thoughts on them, Robbie? Man, it's it's respect for Jason Tatum, it's respect for Brad Stevens, and it's a hate for everything else. So, I mean, I'll, I'll be, try to be impartial here. So I'm going to give them a B plus because I think they should have been better. I don't like how everybody's hating on Jalen Brown, saying he's not he's not evolving enough. He's not raising his game. There's three wings, and there's only two parts of the court. Absolutely. So, cool. He's still giving you 20 points. You also still have Gordon Haywood giving you about 16, 17. And then you have the stud of studs, Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely, mainly because he's from Duke, but uh, I just love, he's the smoothest He's a smooth, buttery player, man. He is very much a buttery player. Probably part of the, uh, which we call it, the Renbacher family. He's not <laughs> much buttery. But, I mean, I also have a certain bias towards him. He's from St. Louis, from the great state of Missouri. I think, to your point, Robbie, when it comes to crunch time, who do you put in? Because, you, to your point, you have three wings. You can only play two unless you decide to go super-duper small, like the Houston Rockets. I say you go small. Absolutely. You think so? You play all three of them and you go small. You have Kemba, those three. Maybe you have one true big. Maybe you have um, Cantor out there. But but, but, but what's tough is that Marcus Smart gives you such good a defense and all the intangibles. You kind of can't have him off the court. I think you always have to have him. And I know it's nothing more than a reputation play, but he always does manage to do something that turns the game in the Boston Celtics' favor. So he'll, he'll throw a bow. Yeah, somebody doesn't throw an elbow and get intense. And low-key member of disturbing the peace, Marcus yes. Smart. And I think Kemba has been a great addition for them. He may not have just the out-and-out skill that Kyrie did, but I think he's been perfect for the development of the young players. And I am likely leaning towards giving them an A minus. Kemba dribble, dribble, pass. Yeah, dribble, dribble, shoot. Kyrie dribble, 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 dribble. Dribble, Kyrie, shoot. Dribble, dribble, dribble. <laughs> have a really tasteful Instagram story question the wokeness of Christopher Columbus. Oh, then I'm just going to throw it up and do a jelly roll, as the kids say, and it's going to be beautiful. It's just more efficient, like I said, better for the overall system. Just, I think they, so I'm giving them a B because they're not, I thought they'd be like a top two. Mm -hmm. The number two, no one thought they would be top two. Oh, yeah. Toronto Raptors, overachievers. I'm giving them an A plus at 40 and 15. Absolutely. The Nets just broke their 14 win, their 14 game winning streak. But I don't pay that no mind. It's the night before. It's the it's, last game it's before It's a scheduling loss, as people used to say. It's just the fact that the schedule finally caught up with them. Uh, OG Ananubi has been decent, and I'm glad he can contribute this year, also from the great state of Missouri. But really, this is a coming-out party for one Pascal Siakam. None of us anticipated him replacing Kawhi Leonard in the way that he has. And granted, it's still a thing whenever the playoffs start. But he has done his best Kawhi Leonard impression. He's been fantastic to watch. And he hasn't been affected by the curse of more, which is something Pat Riley kind of always alluded to. When a team wins a championship, everybody thinks they're entitled to get more things, get bigger contracts, get more advertisements, more, more engagements. Time, yeah. yeah, he's been the model citizen on how to handle the cusp of stardom after winning a championship. Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry, most underrated backcourt. In oh, the league. Absolutely. Every year they're like, oh, who's the next Splash Brother? Who's better than the Splash But They never get brought up. It's Toronto. I believe um, Fred Van Fleet's Hispanic. Yes, I so, believe so. So you're, you're, you're just, he's not going to get the press, but big dabs to both of them, balling out. They are a pair of pit bulls. And I know Kyle Lowry has always kind of been called the pit bull his entire career. 
And it says Fred Van Bleed is American, so awesome. We got another one. Nice. Hopefully, uh, in case we need a backup, 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 backup point guard for the 2020 roster in Tokyo, hopefully Fred Van Bleed's the person. We can still use him. Yeah. And the other thing that's been interesting about them, lastly, is the fact that Gasol and Ibaka have kind of been intermittent this year, and we still haven't seen this team operating at its highest efficiency. So we will see about that. Speaking of highest efficiency, let's just talk about it. The true class of the league your Milwaukee Bucks. I'm partial to them because of their pregame routines of emulating WWF spots. So there is that. But Giannis is just taking it to another level. Rose a big wrestling fan. So big nerd, big mark, whatever you want to call it. That I mean, is not a fake. Oh, that's kind of cool. He loved wrestling. Learned English watching wrestling. So sadly, a lot of my mannerisms are to be blamed by Bret Hart. Oh, Bucks. yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. The purr on the Milwaukee Bucks roster is fantastic. Uh, see, I don't even know if that's Andre the Giant or Hulk Hogan. I apologize. All the wrestling fans that are listening have probably tuned out by now. But I will say this. Giannis has been doing this, and now he just had his kid born. And we're about to see the post-parental bump. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? It's, it looks scary because the entire Bucks roster knows that their job is to support Giannis and to cover up his one deficiency, one outside shooting. Even that's not that much of a deficiency because going He back, takes a shot, yeah. He takes a shot. And that's something to be admired about because – Because he has to. He, he has takes to. it because it has to. But I'm saying – There's better people to do it for him and they built that roster understanding that. Yes. But the thing that I've been pleasantly surprised by is the sum of the parts truly greater. I honestly didn't think that this roster, as it was composed, would let them even get to the heights of last year, let alone the fact that they've scaled those heights and have gone even higher. Here's why I think they're most scary. Here's why I think they are most scary. Mm-hmm. You have the Lopez twins. Yes. And you have Giannis and you have Ilya Silva, I mm-hmm. believe. Long. Now, very, very long. That's going to give, and not to mention Giannis is seven fucking feet tall yes. and moves like a gazelle. So you have four players that are all big. Clippers are going to struggle with the Lakers with the, with the size. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers' size is going to be nullified by the Bucks' size if that comes down. Really? If it comes down to being the finals matchup, you have big on big. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard give you a very similar package as the Lopez twins. They can throw six. They can throw, let's say, hypothetically, twenty-four fouls at Giannis between LeBron, AD, Dwight, and Javale in case you really need the fouls. You can't switch with Giannis because if you do a LeBron Anthony Davis pick, Giannis can switch onto both and it's tall as Anthony Davis and is longer than LeBron and faster than LeBron at this point in his career. So yes. it's it's a very scary. Not to mention Bledsoe's mega athletic. Chris Middleton, underrated. we haven't brought up Chris Middleton. He's an all-star. Once again, we forgot. Yeah, another Chris elite shooter, but he's an elite playmaker. He can get a bucket off the dribble. He can drive. He can pass. He can make the open shot. Mm-hmm. Three off the dribble. Like, anything you need, he can give you. So it's, it's Middleton is your butler, essentially. Yeah. He's the Alfred to Giannis's Batman. Whatever Giannis needs, Middleton can provide him. The thing that you mentioned that spark something in my mind is I'm still not ready to trust Eric Bledsoe in that spot because I've seen him not deliver the way that I know he's possibly capable of delivering, but results speak for themselves and strong and fast, strong and fast. And they're a plus plus the bucks are very much the class of the league. And we've seen them. We've seen that rather over the last 60 games or 50 games. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we're, we're now on the West Coast. Yes, I was going to say, any parting thoughts on the East Coast? So you're, you're liking Milwaukee coming out of the East. Oh, I mean, I think it would take a miracle of God for the Bucks to not make it out of the East. Yeah, I was going to say, last year, it just seemed destiny for Toronto because that seven-bounce shot and the way that they bottled up Giannis was absurd. And I think Giannis has it in his head that he can't go out this way. So, yeah, barring some sort of basketball revolution we're not seeing, it'll be Milwaukee. So let's go ahead and get started on the Western Conference. Take a victory lap on this one, Robbie. We're going to start with the worst team in the West, the Golden State Warriors. How things have come around. The NBA is very circular. I was going to say this, though. Time is a flat circle, and my God, are these Golden State Warriors pretty bad. They, the Lakers sucked for so long, and I think this is going to be a one-year mm-hmm. thing. A gap year, if you will, that I keep hearing so much about. When everybody comes back, you still have the two best shooters of all time. Mm-hmm. You have somebody in Draymond Green who is leading a revolution without trying to. You have other teams trying to play small, thinking, oh, we can have somebody like Draymond. There's right. only one Draymond Green. No one else can make the play defensively and offensively like Draymond does. He's a game changer. He facilitates. I mean, Steph is a great passer, but Draymond's the facilitator of that team. Absolutely. And now you have a great option in Anthony Davis, nah, and, um, Andrew Wiggins, excuse me, Andrew Wiggins as your fourth pony. That's, that's a good place for him. He's never been an alpha. He's never been intense, but He's always loved basketball. He's must have hoop. He's a very polite Canadian. He's pretty much living up to the stereotype we have of Canadians. He's a highlight reel. I want to see, not want to see, we're going to see him catching laws of Papa Draymond. And Absolutely. Steph throwing I want to see Maple Jordan, not Patino Mobley, yes. as, <laughs> as the kids would say. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is where do they end up in terms of a draft pick? If they get the number one overall oh, pick. Oh, man. And the fact that they've got a couple trade exceptions that they can work with and a mid-level exception. I expect at least two more players to be on the roster next year. And yeah, I think this is very much going to be a gap year. They're basically finding themselves in Europe, just trying to see, is it worth going to Ibiza? It's going to be, it's going to be really shocking when I've even heard analysts like writing them off for next year. Like, Oh, I mean, they're not going to be that great. I'm like, Kevin Durant played there for a couple of years. They were so great before he got there. You're switching Harrison Barnes, quote unquote, for Andrew Wiggins at the end of the day. Yep. And me, okay, you don't have Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut was hurt half the time. Yeah. You don't have a lot of those, you know, glue guys, but you're about to get young legs. And Looney is still there. Looney, Looney is still there. And Looney is a he's a solid big. He's a starting big. That's exactly what they need. They don't need Luke Longley. Yes. They need Kevin Looney, and he'll be great. And yeah, at this point, you're basically hoping that. Mr. Wiggins is the Sonny Corleone because KD was Michael and Harrison Barnes was Fredo. So (laughs) in terms of another convoluted uh, pop culture reference, up next we have the Minnesota Timberwolves and what seems to be the Old Navy version of the Stephon Marbury, Kevin Garnett, Banana Republic relationship with D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think much is going to change with this team. I don't think that... There's that much of a difference in terms of overall gameplay. I don't think D'Angelo Russell will win them games that Andrew Wiggins couldn't. I'm happy that the two guys get to play with their best friends and they're both willing to die for one another, which is sweet on some level. But I'm just waiting for this to get really, really awkward when they realize, hey, we're exactly where we were with Andrew Wiggins. I think also for for starters, grade-wise, what do you think? So after oh, that sorry, analysis, I, what do you, what do you I, think I've from been that? giving myself an F because I've just been ignoring grades. I would say this Minnesota right now, D minus. 
D minus. I gave the Warriors a D too. Just for oh, the yeah, record, the Warriors are an F. I'll just flat. You're an F. I'll give them a D because when when it's when, very when, mature when half your teammates are out, yeah, it's hard to finish the project. Um, but the Wolves were given a straight up F. Okay, because they were better last year, and Carl Anthony Towns is putting up identical or very close to, mm-hmm. which proves my point. I make all the time on Instagram, and I get in arguments about it. Who, how Carl Anthony Towns just puts up empty ass stats. He wants to put up his numbers. He wants to get that bonus, uh, you know, like the, the super, bonus, yeah, performance yeah. bonuses. And that's cool. Um, doesn't mean he doesn't like basketball. Doesn't mean that he doesn't care, but he's not gonna, he's not dynamic. He's dynamic say, as a player, but not as a. If a game is on the line and he's taking your last shot, are you happy with that? Yes, because he has the length to get a good shot up, but. No, because he's in a pout really bad if he misses. Like, you need somebody more. He just doesn't have it for me. He has all the he has all the physical qualities and skills. Absolutely. But just, you know, some guys aren't built for the big show. It goes back to your brilliant point about the Miami Heat and a certain teammate within the Miami Heat that used to be in Minnesota. One James no, Butler. There is no dog in that cat, ironically. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm sure that's a hackneyed play, but... There's nothing about Carl Anthony Towns that inspires fear in me as an opposing fan. There's nothing about him that tells me that he's going to rip my heart out by taking the ball to the hoop. In some ways, he's kind of the modern-day Chris Webber, which I was kind of giving Robbie a hard time about because I feel that Chris Webber is the long-lost Laker that basically gave them all those titles. But it's one of those things where I don't buy it, and I'll gladly take the L and be proven wrong because... I like that. I love when players prove fans wrong because at the end of the day, I'm always going to stand for the players, but I'm not seeing it right now. He's fun to watch. I mean, you can't deny. I, mean, oh, I, don't, I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm knocking Cat's talent. He's phenomenal. He's an all-star quality player. But so softness gets thrown around a lot. Joel Embiid's too soft for taking too many jump shots on the perimeter. He should be bodying people. The same conversation goes for Cat. You're seven feet tall and he has post skills. It's not yeah. like he doesn't have a post game. He has both, but chooses to use the jumper more than the back to the basket. If you're going to have P.J. Tucker at 6'6 guarding you, yeah. take Robert Covington to the hoop. Take P.J. Tucker to the take hoop. Take all of them to the hoop. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like He has the offensive capabilities to even have the greatest defenders on him in the post look like children because he has a certain guile to his game. But it F- goes back to that mentality question. You're 16 and 37 and getting an F because you have everything you need to succeed, Yes, and you're just not succeeding. Speaking of not succeeding, we've got the Sacramento Kings, Man. which seems to be a team in disarray. I wanted them to do well this year after what I saw last year. Yeah. I wanted them to, I truly, truly did want them to do well. Um, they're sitting at 21 and 33. Um, I'm, giving it, I'm giving them a D because De'Aaron Fox has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Marvin Bagley hurt himself very early. They lost a lot of early games right. because of that. Uh, I think... But he healed one was initially kind of sitting out without sitting out because he wanted a contract. But and now they, paid, him. they yeah. paid they paid the man the money, but now apparently he wants a trade demand. I just think Vladi is a little in over his head. Vladi's been Vladi's been over his head. Like yeah. Vladi's not an executive. Not at all. I mean, I think he is a player ambassador. And it's also going to be this moment where I know you and I are both based out of Portland and to me, it's the obvious comparison of when the uh, Blazers drafted Sam Bowie. I think we're going to speak the same way about Bagley and Luka Doncic. And it's one of those things where with every beautiful pass that Luka makes and every bundle of points that he scores and Bagley is inconsistent because he just can't get on the court. 
it's frustrating. And I will always have a sentimentality with the Sacramento Kings because of the fact that they gave us those Jason William and Chris Webber teams, but this isn't it. And it's frustrating to watch. And so from there, we'll go to Phoenix. I would give them, if you would have asked me how I would have rated them within the first 10 games or first 15 games, I would have given them an A because they started out like a house on fire, but they've kind of cooled off. Now, that being said, I think Ricky Rubio has been a great addition for them. I also think, and I'm also happy for the fact that Devin Booker got the all-star berth. Unfortunately, it had to come at the expense of Damian Lillard. And jury's out on Aiden. He had that uh, suspension at the beginning of the year where we missed the first 25 games, but I think he's bounced back nicely. Is there anything you want to add to that? I mean, the bounce back really is good to see, but I think overall you got to figure out what you're going to do with that European player. Oh, drag dragon bender or which one? Did we, oh, I thought Bender was still on the roster. Let me, I'm sorry. Cause I, he was a top draft pick. He was And then fell out real fast. Uh, I think, let me go ahead and go through there. Well, I, mean, I mean, while you're doing that, I mean, so, like I said, Aiton being gone, no bueno, right? Yes. But Devin Booker is showing more and more that he's like 05 Kobe, 06 Kobe. And I think he will love that comparison. Yes. Not, not record-wise, but impact and buckets and fun. Devin Booker got all three of those packages in spade. Kelly Oubre. Yes. Swag poppy or whatever you want to call him. He is swaggy as hell off court. He got some, he has some game. Absolutely. Where's dragon bender now? Dragon bender is currently a free agent. So the last dragon, uh, the last dragon or the last airbender no longer in the lead. So, I mean, we, we were being nice to the entire bender family, but going back to the roster, I know there's been much made about the fact that the group that we just spoke about in Minnesota has a third head, so to speak, where they also want Devin Booker to play with them. If I was Cat, I would have rather had Devin Booker than D'Angelo Russell because everything that we've accused Cat of not having, Devin Booker has in spades to what you just said, those three skill sets. And he is a dog, and we need a dog and a cat, if not if nothing else, just for the cat dog mentions and the memes. That Alone that in the world, little cat dog? I don't think – yeah, I mean, that, would, that could have worked, but I mean, Phoenix isn't letting go of – No, not at all, they, nor should they. Yeah, he has to be like begging – it has to be a real dirty Orlando Magic to White Howard type situation oh, for them to get rid of. Devin which Booker. I don't think we'll ever see again. As, yeah. as much as these NBA stars seemingly pout, they will never get that bad where you'll have a player get next to a coach as they're bad-mouthing one another. Yes. And yes. And that the most is, awkward interview of all time. Yes. And that's saying something. Uh, also saying something is the bounce-back effort of the New Orleans Pelicans who are at 23-31. and 31. I want to give these guys an incomplete because I don't think they can be properly judged because Zion missed a whole chunk of the season. If I wanted to grade them on their Zionless season, I would say C. They were an a, a average team in the Western Conference, meaning they weren't part of that 10-team 10, 10 group that usually is fighting for those eight spots. But Zion clearly is the shot in the arm that the city imagined it would be. And he's unlocked Lonzo. And I'm always a sucker for the big baller brand. And I think he's going to be beneficial. And then we haven't even mentioned the all-star on the roster, Brendan Ingram. I love me some Lonzo Ball. Always have, always will. Um, I'm going to give him a B. Um, 23 and 31 isn't bad when you lost your best player and your new best player was out the first 25-something games. Um, Zion has put up the career high of 31. But Brandon Ingram really has been leading the ship. I think like 25-something points a game. Yep. Um, 
people were waiting for him to come out of his shell. He looks like he's in a shell. This, his personality looks like right. he's a little bit in a shell. But I heard he's a very nice guy. Um, but not having LeBron and not having the worst freaking infrastructure around you full of goons, like that Laker roster were, were not, those Laker rosters were not good. Um, even with LeBron, they can't coincide with one another. That's why Andrew Wiggins didn't stick around for even a year. I believe he said not that. Even in the past. Game, yeah, yeah, not even a game. Like, this is not going to work. Second, you unleash him, he comes out of his shell and he shows you that he can really f- successfully score in all three phases. Absolutely. Still needs to put another 20 pounds on, but he will. I mean, Skin, he, he's ultimately he's a baby, and he you're, ne- you're never ready for the next level from college to NBA. If you think you're ready, someone's lying to you. Absolutely, I think it's to your point. When you're a Los Angeles Laker rookie, I feel you're always going to get properly or improperly evaluated. And I mean, we saw it with Lonzo. he was a number two pick though, too. So uh, it's he like, was a number two pick, as was Lonzo. Was Julius De- Randle also? Uh, Julius was number seven. D'Angelo was a top five pick. Lonzo was also number two overall, I believe. So, I mean, unfortunately, it always seemed like young players in the last five years have had to deal with this legacy defining player playing next to them. Mm -hmm. And I think they get properly or improperly vetted in that way. And we disregard what they are because they can't live up to the high standards of their teammates. And that's not fair to them. And to your point, I'm very happy that the young nucleus of the Lakers that is now the young nucleus of the Pelicans is rebounding nicely and they're doing well. And it's going to be a hell of a dogfight for that eight spot. It's just really interesting because this is kind of the last point on them. You, you have many instances where you trade a lot to get one player mm-hmm. Shaq to Miami, Shaq. Anthony Davis. Now mm-hmm. Carmelo, yes. the Knicks. Um, and those pieces don't always, you know, you get some throwaways, you get some good stuff. Every piece that the Pelicans got are showing to do what you want them to do. Exactly. And, and that's a great trade because watching Anthony Davis at the Lakers, you see Anthony Davis and you think that's a one-in-a-lifetime type player. Yep. You give up a lot to get that, and you do. So. But, it, but it's great when the other team still just doesn't get shafted from it. Yeah. Like, here's Brian Grant and Lamar Odom. Lamar <laughs> Odom ended up being, you know, and good. Karan Butler. Karan Butler. Yep. Um, Basically, every single player except for Dwayne Wade that Miami had for that correct. Shaq trade went to LA, and that was the uh, Tom Janovich year. I believe, yes, it correct. was. Rudy Tom. And it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure the Spurs in number 10 are saying it is what it is right now, too. Um, they're sitting at 23 and 31. Yeah, uh, see for me, it's painful because I also was a ride or die San Antonio Spurs mark for all the brilliance that they had passing and just what I felt was a callous disrespect by the national media and fans. We never really appreciated the Spurs, so that's why I was kind of wanted to show my support. But this team is painful to watch. What was once a beautiful system of cuts and flows and beautiful ba- basketball passes is now mid-range, mid-range, and you have two of the most infuriating players for me personally to watch and DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge they're great players in the sense that they get buckets they lead teams to successful let's say 45 48 win records but I just can't watch them without getting aggravated to say the least it's funny how you dislike both those players and I love I Oh, lo- I do not love either one yeah. of those players, but I, I do enjoy watching both of them. Uh-huh. I love me some good mid-range game. I know it's inefficient. I know it's not going to win you games in 2020. Mm-hmm. But LaMarcus can still get buckets. DeMar DeRozan's inefficient as ever. But I have a really soft spot in my heart for Patty Mills. Of course. I love me some Patty Trill, as I call him. Oh, wow. Um, I really like... Did Trillblazer do something with that when he was a Trillblazer? I w- Dude, I hope. That's... 
that's a missed opportunity, Keith. We didn't hit that. Um, so this, not what you're used to from the Spurs. You, you don't see Spur, Spurs teams in 23 and 31. No. So I, I'm going to give him a D just because this was the same, you know, by and large, the same roster as last year. And that was a playoff team last year. Absolutely. Now there's caveats to that other teams got better. They did. You can't stay the same. But see, I can make, I can try to make that argument rather is the fact that they didn't have Murray last year. Mm -hmm. Deontay Murray was not there last year. And he's kind of looked at as the next one. They were kind of speaking in with him and about him in the same hush tones that we heard them talk about Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, the infrastructure and the backbone of the Spurs kind of always got players to that next level and caused them to overachieve. And I just figured Murray would be the next one, but yeah, it's been frustrating to watch. They've regressed to an average NBA team, which is probably the most damning indictment I could give Greg Popovich and his coaching talents. But before uh, let's move on before I start crying because what was once a beautiful team is now a mediocre pedestrian one. Portland trailblazers. First off, go for it. No, I'm going to say another pedestrian team. Yeah. The Blazers. Other than the Herculean efforts of Damian Lillard over the past couple of weeks. And now I don't know if the groin injury is a result of the overworking he's done. But man, it's heartbreaking that we don't get to see him play amongst the stars with stars. But there's always a silver lining to everything. And we got Devin Booker in his spot. So I'm happy that Devin Booker gets his first shot in the All-Star game. I'm happy about that too. Um, This CJ not playing at CJ level, Mm -hmm. um, CJ McCollum. Melo is given you what you needed him to give you like 15 yeah. points 12 points a game um wasn't expecting more than that i'm not getting more and mm-hmm. i'm happy i love going to games and seeing mellow play this, yeah. i enjoy mellow um but i'm giving him a d man he can't be 25 and 31 after being like the, the, the two seed last year yes given they lost rodney hood very early on um, nurkic still has not played um dame just got hurt now yeah cj was out of the lineup for a little bit collins is out Collins, I mean, Zach collins yeah i mean hassan whiteside continues to infuriate in a way that we haven't seen infuriate in with numbers though he's he's oh, getting yeah. some work done but he's no, still hassan here's a, a homework assignment for both of us for next week's episode we should build our empty calorie five that'd be a very good one because he would definitely make it on that yes, list absolutely um just that's not what we needed um, no, he's given us what we need. Just overall, the season is not what we needed on the halfway mark. Yeah, this is a far more fun city to live in when they're good. And right now, they're kind of just getting through it. Uh, speaking of getting through it, we finally cracked the playoffs, so to speak. And we've got the Memphis Grizzlies at 28 and 26. I would say this, even though they're eight, that's a solid B to me because we did not anticipate them being this good. I'm giving them the pacer grade. Give them an A. For the same reason you just said, they weren't supposed to. We were not thinking they would be here. They were not supposed to be here. Right. Um, you know, John Morant looking like Russell Westbrook 2.0. Skinny Westbrook. But I don't, I say that, but I have nothing but respect for Russell. There, there will never be another Russell Westbrook. That's true. Period. He's, He's that. I mean, I think he's a top fifty player of all time. Russell Westbrook is a top fifty really? of all time. I love this. I, I want to hear more about this take. And I will make the apology now. I said last week we should let these guys be themselves. So I can't call Mr. Morant Skinny Westbrook. Morant is a fun player to watch. Jaron Jackson Jr. is also a very nice building block. And it was weird the way Iguodala got off that team, but I kind of like it because it shows me that these young guys in Memphis are hungry and hungry dogs run faster. And right now they are probably the most fun and entertaining team to watch. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. So 
last point on the whole John Morant thing. I think Baron Davis is a more accurate. Yeah. Is more accurate. Uh, oh, he's comparison. definitely got bunnies, as the kids say. He has bunnies, but Baron Davis could always shoot. Baron Davis was a, a two guard in a smaller body who could handle. Oh. So John Morant fits a lot of those the, the same those same molds. Yep. Just they were not supposed to be in the eighth seed. Here they are. No, I mean, I, in fact, I think the next two teams we talk about, the bottom half of the playoffs are teams that we completely missed the boat on in terms of expectations. The next team, obviously, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, we alluded to it last week with our Chris Paul discussion. We thought Chris Paul was just going to be a trade bait, and he's not. He's led this team to a 32-22 and 22 record, another A for me, because they're 10 games over 500, and... Shea Gilgis-Alexander might be the one that got away for LA Clippers fan. He's been remarkable in the bounds that he's made this year. And Steven Adams continues to be a professional wrestling henchman. And I don't know what else to say about this team other than well done. And I didn't expect this from you guys. We didn't throw Paul George, OKC Clipper in like the big hall for one player yes. trade. But you had to give up Shy. You, you did. You had to. And that three-guard lineup, Schroeder, Paul, and Alexander. That, yeah, has this been – it's pretty much – it's a college lineup. They're doing college things. Obviously, um, Fred Hoiberg is yes. the coach. Uh, oh, no, no. No, for, not for Billy, Do- Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, yeah. But Billy Donovan's Florida Gators head coach for a long time. He knows college players. He knows how to utilize guards. He knows right. how to utilize smaller players. I'm giving him a hard A. Like 32 and 22 – if that would have been flipped, we would have still been impressed. So they're yes. 22 and 33. Absolutely. We would have been, oh, that's not that bad. Chris Paul was doing Chris something. Chris Paul still got it. I mean, I don't think any of us anticipated him making a return to the All-Star game this year. And the other thing about all of this is the fact that they've done it, keeping that team intact. Gallo has been good for them as well. And between that and the next team as well, the Dallas Mavericks, which is 33 and 22. So one game ahead of the Oklahoma City Thunder, another team where – we had expectations, but those expectations were clearly jumped. Very much because we knew we were going to get something special from Luca. We assumed that Porzingis was going to do something similar, if not the same. Which, on good nights, Porzingis is still showing he's a unicorn. Yes, but we didn't think Vinny Dorian Smith and Seth Curry and Maxi Kleber, the German Shepherd. Yes, and um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, we're going to be playing like this. Like we did not think. They had a, a full roster. We thought they had two pieces. So a king and a queen, a whole bunch of pawns. Yep. They have some rooks. They definitely have some rooks. Well done. I like the double entendre. I'm apparently podcasting with Andre 3000 over here. Uh, I will say this. What's interesting about how they've built this team around Luka is very nice because of the fact that there had been questions about, hey, who's better, Luka or Trey? They're two separate players with a somewhat similar attitude in life of trying to get the players involved. I think Trey's a little more adventurous with his shots, but Porzingis to me is a number three now. I think the fact that he's been so injury ridden, especially the last couple of years in New York, in a way have kind of bumped him down. And I think they need a solid number two. I think very much the fact that I could see uh, Chris Stapps doing things similar to what Chris Bosh was doing in Miami, where mm-hmm. he's just stretching the floor, playing hard, aggressive defense, and you've got this transcendent playmaker. It's just, who is that second wing? And I think out of all the players you mentioned, it might be Tim Hardaway Jr. Because he he gives me a vibe of Michael Finley, who's kind of become the forgotten maverick in all those years of Nash and Nowitzki ball. Rick Carlisle is also a basketball wizard. So I think that's the other thing that's got these guys overachieving to the level that they have. With the Trey and Luca thing, I equate it to 
you could have had Kobe, but you took T Mac. Yeah. So Trey's going to be, uh, he's going to be an influential because T Mac at the end of the day, oh, short lived, never won, but influential as hell. Trey Young's going to do the same thing. He's going to he's going to inspire a lot of kids like Steph Curry did. Absolutely. So um, props to that team in A. Like a. Mavericks, this you guys get an A. Um, now the most polarizing team. Yeah, really. man, the Rockets at 34 and 20, sitting at the fifth seed. I'm giving them a B minus. Okay. Because they've obviously digressed. They have. While upgrading at point guard. Mm-hmm. And I don't give them a lower grade because everybody hated on this, you know, the trade. No one thought that those two, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, could play together. Yes. Sure, he's your friend, but can you guys really play together? And I think they can. Um, Russ will put his hero cape on when James Harden isn't having a good night. Right. And all the other nights, James Harden's giving you... Robinson is going to be the bad, bad guy as well. He's going to give you prolific scoring. So you're getting something magical from one of your players. It's great when they both do it, mm-hmm. which is we're finding it's harder to see or harder to come across. Yeah. But um, I just I thought the Rockets were going to be a top three and sitting at five at the halfway point. It's, it's, a, it's a damper on my expectations. So I will give them an A, and here's why. I think because of the state of flux of this team, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong for them, and yet they're still here. And they're, what is it, two games out of home court spot. I think inevitably we're going to see yet another Utah Jazz matchup, which is going to be frustrating because that's just not fun basketball at times. I will say this. I know that they got ridiculed for the trade, like you mentioned, but I think a lot of teams would be secretly happy if they could make it work because then we can go back to, let's say, Boston playing now with three wings because they could see, hey, Houston had an entire lineup of under seven footers. Why can't we do that? We could even see somebody like Dallas also do that with the amount of young talent that they have. It's very much a wait and see. I have a love-hate relationship with James Harden. There are times where I think he's irresistible to watch, and then there are times where I literally want to give up the sport of basketball because it's so painful, and he is the worst in terms of the isolation that he plays with, where he literally tells people, okay, you go there. I'm going to just dribble this out. Five more seconds, four more seconds, pass. Mm. And it's not fun, but it's effective. And I also just secretly always want to see Mike D'Antoni thrive. It's like playing a fighting video game and someone's mastered like the Hadouken and yeah. it spams it. Oh. It has, okay, so it's in the game. Because he's manipulating the game, there's nothing wrong with it. Yep. But it's still infuriating as all hell. Yep. And I'll take that analogy. And I will also say it's the one friend of yours in a group that always uses the same punchlines over and over again. And usually that's me. So that's maybe another reason why I feel a certain kinship to James Harden. But yeah, they are going to be an interesting team to watch. They're always polarizing. And they have a very passionate fan base. And I'm intrigued to see how the fan base defends this most recent revolution that they're partaking on. I think Utah at number four is another very, very passionate fan base. Yes. Um, too passionate. Fans keep getting kicked out of games for being racist and shit. Like, I, I believe the gentleman who tried to start something with Westbrook last year actually hit tried him with to counter suit. Yes. Okay, man, get out of here. Allegedly. We're not going to talk about it. 36 and 18, they're still an elite team. Um, you can't. Obviously, you can put a number on what Rudy Gobert does with blocks and rebounds, but from switching the shots of opponents to making people think twice about entering the paint, he has otherworldly effects that big men of old applause. Yes. And I very much am happy he's an all-star this year. I think he should have been an all-star two years ago. He's that good. 
I think he's done wonders for defensive metrics and there is something to be said about the fact that he can still intimidate players very similar to Matumbo used to do where guys are just hesitant to be in his general area because more than likely he's going to swat your shot. Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic. He's kind of cruising along the way we want him to. But at 25, he's cruising at 25 points. That's like... It's absurd. Under the radar, I thought, just because I haven't heard about him very much, and we heard a lot about him his rookie year, Yeah, um, I thought he was still kind of lukewarm. But then I look at the numbers, and I'm like, oh, he is not... He's not lukewarm. Joe Ingles, my favorite player to follow on Instagram. Oh, yeah. For a long time, Joe Ingles, um, his bio said um, Paul George's son. Yes. When they played the Thunder and the Jazz. The goal. Yes. Paul George's father. Yes. No, no, yeah, I didn't say Paul George's son. No, Paul George's father. I remember, wasn't there a Photoshop of some point where Joe Ingles is holding a child and they Photoshop Paul Paul George's head onto it? Yes. But Joe Ingles, keeping it real for white guys. Um, I just, I love, I love the confidence. He once went on the SVP show and said he was the best shooter in all the land. And there wasn't a hint of irony. There wasn't a hint of a Jim Halpert smirk. He just flat out believed it. And I like that. I need that confidence from my shooters. Bogdan has been another good, uh, pickup for them. The only thing I worry about, and maybe Mike Conley is just saving it for the playoffs. He has been a frustration this year because I think we all expected him to make the playoff or make the all-star game this year. And it just hasn't worked for them. So that's a a subplot that we want to kind of watch in the back half of the season, especially going into the playoffs. We brought him in as a savior and he hasn't been saving much, but I mean, he's still better than Ricky Rubio. Oh, see that's, I'm a big Rubio guy at this point. I don't know if, that's been that much better. No, you definitely have a good point there. Apples to apples this season. It, yeah. it is marginal. Plus, Ricky actually looked like the savior in some regard. Yeah, for the Suns, he, he looks – oh, when, when he went to the Aesthetically. Jazz. Oh, oh, the hair. Okay, yes. I'm no, but I mean, Ricky's done a solid job and I've derailed the podcast, so I will do my best to make it back to a workmanlike experience. So the LA Clippers next, what are we thinking? Because – the two teams I want to get your perspective on because you are the preeminent Los Angeles basketball expert in my life. Talk to me about the Clippers. Just unload on them if you can. It pains me to the core, but I'd be lying to you if I said they didn't get an A. I'd be straight up lying to you if I said the Clippers didn't deserve an A. Okay. And it hurts, but to be sitting at 37 and 17 with your two studs almost never playing together, yeah, that's powerful. Picking up pretty much every free agent, I mean, lockout, not lockout, but buyout yes. player, making little trades with the Knicks. They just keep finding ways to add more and more to that roster. I belligerently hate Pat Beverly just because you're not elite for hand checking and not getting called for. Yeah. You're not elite for putting for, for sticking your hands in. Like, right. play some NBA 2K, that's a foul every time. Of course. It's a joke. But, um, man, they get an A, they're doing great. But what it fundamentally comes down to, and I think what NBA fans need to realize, that the Clippers will always be the Clippers. Until I'm proven elsewise, Clippers are always going to be the Clippers. And what that means is Talk about they're it. always going to crap the bet. Mm-hmm. Something's always going to happen. Yep. They're never going to succeed. You can give them Jesus Christ as their five starters. Sure. Well, four and plus A Kawhi. couple of the apostles. Yeah. You know. I'm not a Christian, but I've learned a lot. You know, Michael has a really mean handle. Yeah. So you can give him all of that and they'll still find a way to fuck it up. See, and this is something you and I kind of alluded to. I had a fantasy book this entire scenario where I see the two LA teams in the Western Conference Finals. It's tied 3-3. Lakers are getting killed, but they're still kind of hanging in there and they're only down seven going into the fourth. 
And I think that is the prime opportunity for the Clippers to become who they are, which is the Los Angeles Clippers. And that ghost of Kobe doing his best Kadeem Harrison impression from the sixth man is going to guide Laker Nation to that title. And I hate myself for even putting that out there in the atmosphere, but it's inevitability to me because they are who they are. They will show their stripes, as the old timers say. Yeah. And one thing about this Clippers team, which I'm going to give a B plus to because it's a B plus where they know they're good and they know they can take games off. And I want to give them an 89.4 because that doesn't round up to an A. I'm on to you, Clippers, because that's how I used to operate in high school and college where I knew what to do, but I didn't want to do it all the time because, you know, I got a Madden tournament I got to go to or I just want to sleep or I got to listen to these fire rhymes that my roommates have to see who's the best freestyle rapper in our building. But that's neither here nor there. I will say this. It'll be very interesting. And I don't think the next team, the Denver Nuggets, can even get in the way of that, even though statistically right now they're number two. They're a scary team just because they You're have so many pieces. Fan. They have a lot of pieces. And after watching the last game of the first half of the season, the Nuggets and the Lakers, it really shows how how we call him the stretch mark five. He's lost 20 pounds, I learned last night. Jokic, uh, <laughs> the Joker has lost 20 pounds. But he, there's no other passer like him. Nobody has ran an offense through a center like that since yeah. – since Dwight Howard, the last time something was ran I was going to say this, going back to what you mentioned earlier, Draymond, where he's kind of the primary Yes, that's ball much better of a comparison. But Draymond, who can shoot and is taller and is beefier. Oh, see, I think Draymond can shoot every time. Uh, somebody said this to me once, and it's stuck in my mind forever. Every time Draymond shoots, it looks like he's shooting with a backpack on. I will never forget that meme. I, in my head, I know exactly what you're talking, yeah. you're talking and about. And so that's, that's the teammate energy that Robbie and I are working with. The thing that was intriguing to me, and granted, I only caught the last quarter of the fourth quarter and all of overtime, Michael Porter Jr., another Missouri guy. I don't know why I'm fixated on this this particular episode, but I am. I'm wondering what he can do because there are times where Jamal Murray still flitters in and out of games. And I think if he ever discovers a consistent patch of consistency, and that's a fun sentence to say, they are going to be a dangerous team. And they are the one team, I think, that might be able to break up that inevitable LA matchup. But kind of seeing Jokic in the clutch yesterday, and I hate talking about whether somebody's clutch or not, there were a lot of questionable decisions and he loves to draw fouls and he just couldn't get them. And they were at home and you've beaten them as a Lakers fan Mm -hmm. twice on their home floor. Have they played yet in LA? I don't think so. I mean, it'd be weird to play all their matchups before the middle part of the season. Right. But I thought I was reading somewhere that even Memphis and Portland just now started the first of the four-game series because they are both Western Conference Ah, opponents. Start banging them out really quick at the end. I'll play in an hour-and-a-half flight. We'll get you there quick. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, the the Nuggets, it's like the Clippers in, in the sense of they've been good many times and just haven't been able to get over the hump. Right. But... I really like Malik. No, they just got rid of Malik Malik Beasley. Beasley. Um, But, you know, Jamal Murray, hot or cold. When he's hot, he's really hot. When he's cold, it's icy. But, um, you know, they're the two seed for a reason. I think they've earned an A because we knew they were going to be good. We knew they were going to be in the mix of top six. Right. But to be at number two halfway through, that's, that's impressive. Especially with the metamorphosis that Jokic has taken on, like you alluded to. So, I mean, 20 pounds in a season, half of a season. That's crazy. He's, he's a chunky fellow. Lay off the fried fish. Hey. Um, but number one, the pride of the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers, mm-hmm. 41 and 12. Best start since 2010. Mm-hmm. 
I'm giving them an A. And what happened in 2010? They won the chip. Of course. Um, I mean, I'm giving them an A, obviously, because you have that record. But no one thought that we would be getting this version of Dwight Howard or this premium. So every now and again, JaVale McGee gives you a premium center feel. Of course. He, he's that um, he's that tied to Highlander. Yes. Where, you know, you, you, it's a really good car, but sometimes that thing comes to Lexus. I totally misunderstood you for some reason. I thought you were going to talk about the movie and I'm like, there is only one JaVale McGee. Like there's only one Highlander. Oh my God. And I he, missed that opportunity. No, Fuck. no, you didn't. I was here. Yeah, for you, I just tipped it in. Hit it out of the park. I tried, but you give me great source material. I will say this. To your point, the two biggest question marks I had going into the season were the quote-unquote head cases, which were the Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee combo, and then Rajon Rondo. I will say this. Your center depth is a plus plus. I don't think anybody can compete with you in terms of size, and I do think that is the one advantage you still have over every team in the West, especially backup point guard or point guard in general basically any point guard on your roster that's not lebron james is rough it's very rough and i'm hoping that you guys do end up with collison because at least that brings you up to league average from a point guard perspective lebron's always been the point guard well so he's the point guard in every team he's been on up and so he didn't start being the point guard to like oh seven truly <laughs> but first couple of years they try to put a real point guard next yeah. well a traditional point guard and it wasn't working but you need somebody to bring the ball up without it getting stolen, and LeBron will initiate everything else. So you're 100% right. It is lackluster. When he leaves the court, things kind of go off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you still have, even if he's in year 17, you have the most physically gifted player, Ever? I would argue, of all time. Yeah. There's not anybody... This, the longevity, the body type, the speed, strength, yada, yada, it's all there. He's had one medium injury over the course of those 17 years, which is one. a groin injury yeah. from last year. And he could have come back earlier, but they knew they weren't making the playoffs, so let him rest. Rushes. But Anthony Davis is truly a one-of-a-kind talent. I think you have two – when you have two one-of-a-kind talents, much like Shaq and Kobe, mm-hmm. your role players just have to be playing their role. Like the Bucks and Giannis, I was touching on that earlier. Yes. As long as everybody else knows how to support the, this, the core – the cell, you know, the, the you got to have the mitochondria and all that stuff. The powerhouse of yes, the cell. you got to have all that stuff around it working for the whole cell to be functioning. That's what I was going to ask you as well, because Anthony Davis, you clearly have the opportunity to watch him more this year. Mm-hmm. Has he lived up to the hype? Or are there still facets of his game that you're like, I really hope he figures this out before the playoffs start? There is no holes in Anthony Davis's game. The only drop-off is just the fact that you're now playing with a good roster, so you don't have to put up 35. Mm -hmm. He can put up 35, and he's done it, I think, more than a handful times this year. But he doesn't have to be Hercules to win. He has to – I mean, we want him to be Hercules every time. But he doesn't have to be the sole hero. For sure. And one other thing going off the game between our – number one and number two seats from the Western Conference that took place yesterday. LeBron shut down Jokic. For- he did. So did Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard played some great defense. Yes. So you have a lot of defense. The Lakers, at the end of the day, Frank Vogel is a defensive-minded coach, yeah. and they're going to play good defense. It just comes down to can the ship keep course when LeBron's off the court? Can Anthony Davis continue to be healthy? Of course. And can there maybe be a roster addition? Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how they end up. So I guess last question before we end for the day. Lakers or Clippers coming out of the West? Oh, Lakers. Lakers. All so day. Lakers-Milwaukee is what you've got. Lakers-Milwaukee, and I am very afraid 
to pick a winner of those two. I'm going to say Lakers because I'm a fan. Of course. But the Bucks have a lot of big bodies too. And Giannis is the definition of unguardable. That he is the definition. It'll be very interesting to see. I'm hoping we get that because it reminds me a lot of the Kobe LeBron puppet ads we got from Nike way back when. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we get some sort of payoff in that because as much as I enjoyed that Dwight Howard Orlando run, we would have loved to have seen that Kobe LeBron thing. And I'm hoping we get that this year. I hope so too. Well, guys, we're a little bit over an hour. We appreciate you listening all the way through. Um, let us know what you think of your favorite team and how they've done halfway through yep. the season. Um, throw us some report card grades if you feel like it. But uh, I'm Robbie. Make sure you're following Sneaker History. And you can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Where can they find you, Ro? Uh, I'm at Ro at M13 on Instagram. And please leave us a review. Rate us five stars. Do whatever it is that you feel with regards to us. Because at the end of the day, we're here to make this show as desirable for you as possible. So when you see it pop up on your feed, you're like, yes, I get to hear these two chuckleheads talk about basketball for an hour and it just takes me away from my boring life yeah man this is really fun for us so if it's fun for you we're all winning absolutely all right guys have a great rest of your day okay hey everyone this is nick again before you take off i wanted to ask a couple favors of you if you're interested in more content from the sneaker history crew become a member of our patreon page where we post daily content drop exclusive episodes and host monthly giveaways We'll even help you hunt for your grails. Check us out at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Also, make sure you sign up for our email newsletter at sneakerhistory.com slash email. We send out weekly updates on the footwear business and what we're working on here at Sneaker History. Last but not least, take a second to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how much it means to someone, and it might even plant the seeds for something even bigger. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you And we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.